1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life.
0: Hello, James. Hey, Scott.
1: How's it going today? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Good, good. Well, I got a question. Okay. Um, I got a lump sum of money. Cool. Cool. Congrats. I wish this was truly me. I'm just kind of making up a question. Oh. But it's a common question that we'll hear a lot. All right. I got lumps of money. and I want to invest it. Mm-hmm. Should I take that money and should I invest it all at once into the stock market, mm-hmm. which goes up and down? Yep, sure does. Or should I take that money and invest smaller amounts of it into the stock market over some period of time mm. to take advantage maybe of some of those ups and downs?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or should I have that money wait for the stock market to fall? Because we all know that it's at all time highs. Always, and then invest
0: it. Oh, yeah. And then, okay. So so you're really asking, should I dollar cost average or lump sum invest? Yeah. But then you're asking, uh, well, but there's this one circumstance of right now. And now is always different than any other time because I have the money right now. Mm-hmm. And markets aren't at all time lows. True. So should I dollar cost average or lump sum invest? Right. Sure.
1: Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's do it. Um, I think what it's the, the heart of the question Is we all know that if we invest some lump sum right now, any lump sum, markets rise and fall. And if we invest, the market falls, we're going to be kicking ourselves. And we're going to say, ah, was that the smartest thing to do, to invest it all at once? The market just dropped 20% or 30%. I could have spread that money out more and maybe invest and bought more when it was down Mm -hmm. as opposed to doing all of it at the top.
0: Mm -hmm. So basically, this is all about that, James, you don't want to feel like an idiot. I don't want to feel like I made less money than I could
1: have made. Had I followed a better approach, so I'm coming to you. I
0: I just (laughs) think of it as like I don't want to feel like an idiot. Yeah, I don't want to regret what I did. Totally. Okay. How should I approach that? Well, first of all, you started to explain it, but why don't we talk about the difference between a lump sum and a dollar cost average? Mm -hmm. What that actually is, Mm -hmm. and just to reference for everyone at home, um, there is a blog called "Of Dollars and Data," um, which has been run by Nick. Maggie uh, Maggieuli for a long time. And he wrote a great post on dollar cost averaging and lump sum investing as the definitive guide back in 2020. So if you want to like read in detail, go check it out there. We're going to um, pull some of the stuff that he mentioned um, to help with the conversation today.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so lump sum investing. Okay. You have, let's say you want, you just got a million dollars, James.
1: Wow. All right. I can imagine. So that.
0: Do you invest the million right away, or do you dollar cost average the million? Meaning, do you put it in over a period, a sequence of time, for the same amount at every sequence?
1: And how long is that sequence?
0: I don't know. What do you want it to? Just be? make it up. How about this? I, I actually, it'll help with the experiment. So, because, um, and actually, I think this is one of the things Nick Nick mentioned, which was helpful. Um, if you did get gifted the million dollars, and you're, you're Let's just say your goals, you want to make sure you 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 preserve the the wealth of that million for the next hundred years. So you get two options I'm going to give you. One is you can invest all of it right now. Mm-hmm. And the other is you can put 1% of it to work each year for the next hundred years.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to invest it all right now. Why? Well, I know that most of the time the stock market goes up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And over the next hundred years, I'm going to bet there's a pretty good chance that it's going up a lot. Yep. And I, I want to capture that growth. I don't want my money to sit in cash for too long and in year 99 still have a chunk that's not invested.
0: Yep. So I want that you're not certain about what's going to happen over the next 100 years. But looking back over the past, you know, the stock markets typically go up. Yep. So you would prefer to put it all the work at once rather than drip it into the market 1% per year. Yeah.
1: Well, that's 100 years. That's a long time. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to wait that long to put my money to work.
0: Yep. So here's the thing when we actually look at, so that is, that is a a kind of an extreme version of lump sum investing versus dollar cost averaging. But when you actually go look at all the data of what's better off, um, lump sum investing or dollar cost averaging, the conclusion that you just came to just thinking that through is the right one.
1: Yeah. Just scaled down.
0: Yeah. So the logic just gets scaled down. Exactly. Yeah. So on average, like markets go up. Mm Mm-hmm versus going
1: down and this is the same principle we were just talking about an episode two or, or two ago and we're talking about investing versus speculating where you look at just look at the statistics or probabilities we can't if, if we could predict what was going to happen next week next month next year this would be an incredibly easy decision
0: we wouldn't even have a podcast we, we wouldn't have a podcast like billionaires traveling the world yes we had perfectly timed markets
1: we had perfectly timed markets you'd perfectly <laughs> timed markets and it would just be a no-brainer Um, We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We do know that it always seems like the market's about to fall, whether we're in good times or bad times. It always seems like there's going to be a downturn. That's what the financial media is always telling us. That's just how we're kind of instinctually hardwired. But if we ignore that, if we just look at probabilities, we looked at the fact that over any daily return, the stock market's up more time than it's not Mm -hmm. now just slightly has an edge to have a positive outcome over a day than to have a negative outcome. Mm-hmm. Over a one-year time period, the market goes up 75% of the time and falls 25% mm-hmm. of the time over 10 years, 20 years. The longer you have, the more likely it is that the market's going to go up. Yeah. So when we're dollar-cost averaging, what we are also doing is we are keeping money out of the market. Yes. And the more we keep money out of the market every day that we do that, just statistically, from a probability standpoint, we are probably going to lose money doing that. Yep. So if we we're looking at this over 100 years, it becomes very evident that, yeah, I'm not going to let my money sit in cash for that long. But if we condense that and just say, okay, well, what if you dollar cost average, not once once a year for 100 years, but uh, once every month for the next 10 months, as opposed to a lump sum now. Right. The math works out the same. The numbers are different, but you're still going to be more likely to make money, investing all at once than you would be to dollar cost average. in.
0: Absolutely. It actually reminds me of a... Uh, client They will be anonymous obviously but um the client had um uh retirement money come over from a retirement account and you know it was invested fully and then we cut we cut a check to send the check over right so that so that's the way 401k is just if you guys aren't familiar instead of just getting to send like positions over which we call an a cat transfer in our little finance lingo um instead like 401ks are old school they send checks and so here comes this check with all this money and it's, okay, we're going to go put it to work and we put it to work last year and we put it to last and we don't try to market time, but man, did it work out well? Cause guess when, guess when the money went to work,
1: right? As
0: just guess, when do you think last year, when would it be the best time to put money to work?
1: Well, March 23rd.
0: Yeah. I don't even, I don't know if it was necessarily the 23rd of March, but it was in March. So, wow, we're geniuses because yeah. we perfectly timed that. No, we didn't. We just put it to work all at the same time. Right. Um, the same client had some other money and we put that money to work dollar cost averaging over the next year. Cause it's how she felt about that. And we, so we did both with the two things. Well, one turned out obviously way better than the other, mm-hmm. which is actually the norm. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're dollar cost averaging dollar cost averaging is t- we're, typically we're doing it because we have a, it's how would we feel if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. It's not about like whether or not we what, like The evidence is clear. I think we can we can say that definitively, that when you look back historically on whether or not you should lump sum or dollar cost average, the answer is lump sum. Yeah. In this blog
1: and in the research, because I know Vanguard did a study and they came up with the fact that if you're going to lump sum your investment in one year versus dollar cost average in, you're going to tend to outperform on average by one and a half to 2% per year just doing mm-hmm. lump sum. Does this have numbers
0: here that that Nick wrote about in this blog or something uh, similar? It did, which were like, yeah, I think that uh the, the dollar cost averaging was per, was underperforming by like on, on the, the cycle they were doing it by like around three percent or more. Okay, for different asset classes, but basically it was just it was the whole point was dollar cost averaging traditionally loses and it loses because markets typically go up, they typically don't go down. Yeah. Um. So, but then the the question is, well, then why would someone dollar cost average? Yeah well
1: for the emotional component that's exactly like you're yeah. saying
0: it's because of how people feel right like if i just got a, the million dollars that we were talking about before and you're like well you know i i i don't have a need for this and i do want it to be invested for the next 20 years well then the answer maybe just simply go invest the lump sum but it's all about how are people going to feel if we go invest and then you know 6 months from now it's fa- the the portfolio's fallen by 30% yeah. So now instead of a million, we have 700 grand. Now I still don't need the money for 19 and a half years, so I'm still going to be fine. But man, does it It just doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. So it's really all about like minimizing regret to me as dollar cost averaging when people choose to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not the like the evidence points to not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and
1: Nick made a great point in this blog post too, that we're referencing here for the, for our conversation. When you're dollar cost averaging, the only time that it ever works that it comes out ahead of a lump sum is in cases where you're doing it right before a year like 2008 or right before a big market downturn. Yeah. Well, it works then because what you're doing is, of course, you're not putting all of your money to work right before a big drop. You're actually buying along the way. Mm-hmm. Now, in those cases, the, the the math works out. The dollar cost averaging works better in those times. Yeah. But he made the great point that that's also emotionally when we're least inclined to keep investing. Totally. As the market's actually going down, in our heads we're telling ourselves, "Yeah, we would keep investing more," but in practice, so many of us say, "Oh, you know, the market's down ten percent. I'm going to hold gonna off. It's probably going to go down twenty. Just
0: wait a little longer.
1: It goes down twenty. Ah, uh, it's probably going to go down 30 I I had the the opposite experience for you last year. Someone came to me looking to to invest, and they were all in cash, and they've been in cash for a while. Uh-huh. And this has happened several times, but this is just kind of a a great example. And literally verbatim, the words to me where we're looking to for the market to pull back before we invest our cash in a pretty significant a amount. Long time. And this was back in January, or February that we had these conversations. Well, then their wish came true. Mm-hmm. We had the market fall thirty five percent in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, what did they do? Did they invest? No. It was you know what? We're going to sit this out a little longer. We think things are going to keep going south. Right. And so it's like we 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 lie to ourselves as investors the same way we lie to ourselves about many things. We just rationalize these things. But when it actually comes to it, it's not really a rational decision or an intellectual decision. It's it's an emotional decision that we use logic to try to defend. So, yes, you can dollar cost average and it would work out for you in those. I won't call it rare, but those cases where the market does drop more significantly. But you also have to ask yourself, would you keep
0: dollar cost averaging in if that were to happen or would you hold off? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting conversation we're turning this to now because it's like, if you really think about it, it's it's a conversation of here are the facts. Lump sum is typically better than not. So if you believe those facts and you just want to dive right in, the answer is like, go lump sum invest. And now with that, I want to add the caveat that like most people are not investing 100% in the stock market. Yeah right? You're investing 60% in the stock market and 40% in the bond market. So now your million going to work 400 grand of its in bonds and 600 grand of its in stocks. So now if that big downturn occurs, it's not nearly as painful as you think. And I think we've had episodes before on rebalancing But all that you're going to do then is you're still hitting your 20 year time horizon, but you're going to rebalance to the amount of risk that you're willing to take. So if the stock market plummets a lot, you're going to take some of those bonds and go buy stocks during that time, which is in a sense a form of dollar cost averaging. It's just happening to manage risk over time. Yeah. So like that's one thing. But then I guess the other side would be if it was the person who came to you and and they did decide to work with you, and I hope that they did, uh, it's coming up with that dollar cost averaging policy to get yourself into the markets because it's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's committing to the fact that like we are going to make these purchases over the next 24 months, regardless of what happens to the market. Right. Because sitting around and thinking you can wait and predict and I'm going to wait until, you know, whatever ratios at whatever number or until the stock market fell by X percent, well, you could be sitting for years. Right. And you're not investing not only in the u.s but you're not investing internationally and in the emerging markets and in the bond markets and all those places that help you get growth over the long run right and as we've talked about time and time again it's time in the markets that helps people build wealth it is never timing the market yes helps people build wealth
1: yes absolutely and you need to look at the. there neither decision is without risk the risk is if you do the lump sum all at once yes there's a risk that it drops and now history has shown us that those drops are temporary Temporary could be six months. It could be a couple few years, but it's yeah. temporary. The risk of not putting in everything at once is a permanent loss of whatever gains you're not capturing while that cash is on the sidelines. So it is the short answer when people ask or the short answer for the purpose of today's episode is you are going to be better off investing lump sum than you would dollar cost averaging. But to Scott's point, we're humans. We're emotional. We're, we are creatures that don't like to do things that we end up regretting. And so if you need to do something, if you need to get in the market, but you know, you just wouldn't react well, if the market were to drop immediately. It is better to dollar cost average in than not get in at all. Yeah. So understand yourself, but just mathematically know that a lump sum is going to be better.
0: Yeah. Know yourself is the key. And it never like (laughs) you think about dollar cost averaging. Like if I start investing this year and the year just takes off well, I'm um, at the end of the year, I'm like, well, that was a great opportunity. That was a really good of me to do that because I made all that money along the way by investing. Yeah. And you won't talk about the fact that your cash was sitting in cash. Right. Right. And if you if it loses that year, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I didn't have all my cash invested yet. Right. And I kept about getting to buy on the downside. Right. The lump sum wins most of the time, but then the lump sum, you feel horrible if you don't win on that one time. Mhm. go in. Mm -hmm. so it's like what which of those which medicine do you want yeah the one that's for you but pick the one that works and and just know that at the end of the day lump sum the evidence shows that's the the way to go
1: yep agreed well i think that's uh that's a good review of this i don't think there's any points in here that we haven't looked at yet no i think that's good for today okay awesome thanks scott thank you Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.